Welcome back hey! to Till Death Do Us Party. We are your go-to spot for Def Leppard news, views, attitudes, etc. Number one. Uh, number one. Well, not necessarily. I think technically we're number six when it comes to news, uh, number four when it comes to views, <laughs> and number 12 when it comes to attitude. <laughs> how are we so, when it comes to... Uh, how are we when it comes to lewd? Lewd? Uh, oh, I think we're pretty high up there. I do a lot of cursing on this podcast. I feel like we're number one when it comes to nude as well. I'm not wearing pants, Alex. I'm not wearing nothing no more. As you can tell, uh, I'm joined, as always, by my uh, my resident hysterian, Alexander Smith, over there. Hey, folks! And I am your host, Stuart Wellington. And tonight, we are going to be talking about a band called Def Leppard. <laughs> so, you're probably a big fan of Def Leppard, since you've come to this podcast, and you'll be excited to know that tonight we're talking about that band, the band Def Leppard, and we're talking about their album, High and Dry. High and Dry! High and Dry. <laughs> Uh, although I just misspoke because there's no and, it's just an N. Uh, so high and dry is Def Leppard's You're supposed to say album. it really fast, like it's like it's high and dry. High and dry. Like it's a uh, like a laundromat. High and dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a is that an English thing? Because uh, I think our listeners at home know that Def Leppard is an English band. Mm-hmm. They're Britons. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we've exhausted the avenue of talking about, uh, what country they're from. Let's get, dip right into this album. High and Dry. Hey, Def Stuart, second album. Before What's we up, start, buddy? before we start talking about High and Dry, uh. Oh, do we have some business up, up, up at the top? Yeah, I want to say something really fast. Okay. Uh, hi, Stuart, I love you! <laughs> hey, Alex, how you doing? You did that pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then any, I, and, anything else? And then I want to say something, uh, a little less fast, right off the okay. bat. Which is I, w- I want to level with our with our listeners for a second if okay. we can, and this is this goes out to our listeners who have listened to episodes one and two, sides A and B of On Through the Night. Oh, okay, um, so wanna, yeah, our loyal loyal listeners, our loyal fan base. Uh, I just wa- I want to I want to level with them. I want to um, well, first off, I want to congratulate us for w- what we did with those episodes, which is like. We probably did the most thorough dissection of On Through the Night that maybe has ever been performed in the history of, of the world. It's easily in the top ten. I mean, at least at least spoken. I mean, there have been theses and people have written their, you know, whatever doctorates and things on it. But uh, I don't think anyone has ever spoken so much at length and so thoroughly about that album, at least not since uh, WDLP Chicago. Their, uh, remember 1997, they did their On Through the Night phone-a-thon where people called in literally, literally all through the night and spoke about On Through the Night. Um, but we talked about it pretty thoroughly and uh, for a long time. And, uh, yeah, how long were those podcasts? We did like seven hours each. Yeah, yeah, they were each eight and a half hours long. Oh wow! Uh, okay. With with I ex- and then we recorded a commentary episode for each one to go over those episodes. So technically, what they're each six, they're each seventeen hours long. If you if you listen to those together, um, what what did we call the uh, the commentary show? 
Uh, we called it. Was that a uh, give me leopardy or give me death? <laughs> it was till death do us rapporty. Uh, okay. Uh, is that because we have Not, a really good rapport as hosts? Yes. Or because the members of Def Leppard have a strong rapport as bandmates? It's because we have a strong rapport with ourselves, and that's why when we did the commentary, we only spoke to each to ourselves. Like, I only spoke to my own self, and you only spoke to your own self. It was kind of a weird, oh, okay. kind of a weird mess. Uh, people didn't really like it very much, but... Uh, but but this is this is beside the point. What I what I want to say is, uh, we, so we thoroughly 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 talked about that album, and and I think that I, I wanted to be fair to it. I wanted to give it the scholarly approach that that it deserved. But it's time to level with people as we move forward and acknowledge that that is not on through the nights, not their strongest work musically or conceptually. In wow, in my okay. mind. Okay, and I, and and just to say this really quick, the 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 broad themes uh, of on through the night were perhaps a little too broad. You know, we were talking about immigration, we were talking about cultures, we were talking about the world falling apart and being built at the same time. It's the stories were all global, but maybe even a little too provincial at the same time. It's an ambitious narrative, but kind of confusing. You never know if somebody's like a rock person or a vampire or you're going into space. Like you go into space and then immediately by the time you're back down on Earth, the world is ending. It's very ambitious, but it's a little maybe too ambiguous about what the point of it all is. Do you know what I mean? Wait, is that what we were talking about for 14 hours yes. on this podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, you well, okay. You went off on a on a whole other thing. You kind of got lost, I think, in the wilderness a little bit with it. Yeah. I think you might have done peyote or something while we were like, a, while we I were was talking. Just really about get, it. I was getting into the tunes, man. Yeah. I just love Def Leppard. But the uh, but the good news the the reason I'm saying this the good news is because we are moving into Def Leppard acknowledged this. They recognize this. They they don't see on through the night as their strongest most uh most potent work as far as having something to say uh okay. and so with high and dry what they did uh and i don't want to i don't want to dive too hard into it but they did but but just just know as we go into talking about high and dry that they that they brought the concept uh closer to home uh, pun intended they brought it a little closer to home and they stripped it down and they but they didn't they didn't lose that ambition basically the next three albums that we're going to talk about uh sides a and b of the next three albums can are, are part of a trilogy that is one con central concept that has something very strong to say that is very potent very powerful this is uh quite possibly i think the three most spectacular records uh, sequence of records ever put out by any rock group. Okay. So that's that's what I wanted to say. Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, that's not too uh, not too hyperbolic or anything. I think you're I think you're kind of lowballing that. Uh, and it's funny that you should say dive. You use the 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 comment dive uh, a deep dive because right. dipping right into high and dry. You want to talk about the cover? I want to talk exactly about that cover because when you hear high and dry, you think. How about a guy diving into an empty swimming pool? Well, this, yeah, so the High and Dry cover uh, was done by a uh, very popular uh, graphic design group called Hypnosis. Okay. Uh, they, they did a lot of, they, you'll note, 
you would know a lot of their album covers if you if you saw them. They did they did Pink Floyd covers, they did Led Zeppelin covers, they did ACDC covers, uh, The Police, Scorpions. Uh, they did they did a ton of album covers. I don't think any that they did were quite as symbolically rich as the. Those co- are all uh, those are all rock and roll. Those bands, are all rock right? and roll you bands. Can, yeah, you can look those up on uh, Wikipedia. Yep. Uh, not Wookie, not Wikipedia. That's the Star Wars Wikipedia. Yes, you can you can okay. l- you can listen to any of those that you want, but I recommend that you uh, just look at the covers and then listen to Def Leppard. That's what I would recommend. Oh, okay. So, it, do you want me to just describe the, uh, the the cover of this album? I mean, people are yeah, people are looking you, at it. You, you can. Why don't you- Paint me a picture, Alex. Paint me a picture with your mouth. All right. So hypnosis was really known for these uh, kind of washed out colors, uh, really high, heavy contrast, like a kind of cartoonish approach, but photorealistic. So it was photos, but they did collages and they would and they would like do uh, airbrushing and stuff on them to make them really splashy and uh, and flashy and high and dry is is definitely like that. You look at it and the first thing your eye goes to is a f- uh, a photo a like an altered like photoshopped kind of photo of a guy diving straight down they into had Photoshop back then? Well, it's precursor to Photoshop. Okay. I mean, they had a Photoshop. I mean, that's what they <laughs> okay. that's what they were. Uh but it's like a it, so there's so there's a guy, it's clearly just a guy who's like been been sort of taped onto the negative of a, a swimming pool and he's diving, he's high and he's diving off the high dive into a swimming pool. But here's the catch. The swimming pool is empty. So the swimming pool is dry. So right off the bat, there's a visual pun. It connects you to the title of the album. It makes perfect sense. You look at it, you think that guy's high. The pool is dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a bit of, there's a bit of danger to it. Cause he's diving into a, you know, into an empty swimming pool. Shouldn't do that. It's a little Death leopard's not encouraging you to do that. Uh, Unless you want to, they, um, <laughs> if you want to, they're totally encouraging you to do that. It's kind of sexy too. He's a slender guy with a with a nice figure, and he's wearing a red speedo. Red is uh, the color of hunger. Yep, and appetite. <laughs> yep, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and the center of the album is where you look to when you're the most hungry, and that's right where his wiener is. That's right where his business is. Yep. Uh, so, but then, all right. So let's let's peel back another layer of this onion that photo is placed on top of another photo that's a black and white image of a group of people i think men i think mostly it's men. all dudes it's all dudes man uh sort of identically dressed or at least just sort of unspectacularly dressed black and white men just staring up as if they're watching this man jump into the swimming pool, but they're in, they're in this like kind of big brother world where everybody looks the same and everybody's doing the same thing. They're all wearing leather jackets. Some of them have mustaches. This, this guy, this guy is, is doing something on his own and, and it's unclear whether these herded masses are amazed, impressed, scared for him whether he's freeing them from the, you know, the, the, their, uh, their, whatever authoritarian existence. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a clear dichotomy there between freedom and just being one of the sheep, just, just going with the flow. And that's and being free is dangerous and also kind of sexy. 
Yeah, it's totally sexy. It's totally dangerous. Uh, the, you know, the, the question when you're thinking about uh, society in general, uh, should maybe somebody should fill that pool up. You know, like maybe maybe it's our role as society to fill that pool up. Or maybe that's just what sheeple want you to think. And you should really just dive in and see what happens. And uh, looking uh, looking at the top of that cover, man, we have the uh, we get the classic Def Leppard logo for the first time. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like the hard, hard edges, not in a weird pyramid anymore. Oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, yeah, that is the uh, and it and it matches the the color scheme matches the the inside of the letters are like the speedo, and the and the words high and dry written in red, and then the outside is kind of the same color as the as the man's skin, and it looks like looks like fire. It's like he's on fire. He's like uh, he's like Katniss Everdeen there, just uh, just showing off for all the people. It's a lot like Hunger Games in a in a certain way, I guess. Yeah, it's eerily prescient of the Hunger Games. Yes, it is. Is that so, how, is that how you say that? Do you say prescient? I can say it however I want, Alex. <laughs> I, I have my own podcast. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Just dive <laughs> so right we, dive right into that empty pool, dude. So we look at this. Uh, we look at this. We have this great uh, cover. We're gonna open up this cassette, pop in side A, because today we're gonna be talking about side A of High and Dry. Yep. Now uh, we're gonna we're gonna unfold that lyric sheet. Let's get that lyric sheet in front of us so we can uh, do some analysis. Alex, do you want to? Uh, the The album starts off with a with a with a banger. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. That's about as much as we can legally listen to that right now, <laughs> though. Uh, and, and it's a it's a great it's a great intro, but it doesn't quite get you into the into the guts of the song. Um, so uh, it's called "Let It Go." Mm-hmm. Take us take us on a journey, Alex. Uh, well, explain to me what this song's all about. Okay, so so as we as we touched on. Uh, with the album cover, the the big theme here in this album is is it's man mm-hmm. against the machine. It's man against uh, society. Man against just doing what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is probably waiting for them to put water in the pool, but not Joe Elliott, not Def Leppard. And it's uh this album is about is about personal freedom versus relationships versus uh, social restrictions. And it's about the untamed, youthful, masculine man pushing against uh, the larger system. And Let It Go is the first of uh, quite a few songs that Joe Elliott did sort of stating his independence, uh, specifically with regard to not wanting to eat pussy. This is a song about... (laughs) This is a song about how Joe Elliott wants to not have to eat pussy in relationships okay and that's why it's called let it go because he's he's basically so he's he, he's it's it's ostensibly a love song it starts off talking about how how this woman's getting him all worked up 
But then he's saying, okay. but then he's just, but by the end of it, he's so worked up. He's like, come on, make your move, get on your knees. Like, let's go. He's saying all these things to her and he's telling her he's so worked up that what she wants at that moment, she's just going to have to let it go. That's the, that's what the gist of the song is. Wow. Yeah. So he's kind of standing up for his, uh, rights as a, as a man <laughs> or more his, uh, I guess his his independence. It's what are his, we talking it, about here, Alex? It's not it's not right. So let's let's um okay. So we're we're, we're not going to really be able to talk about this album unless we get a little bit graphic with Joe Elliott's sex life. Oh like, wow, cause, okay. Because it's because it's all over the place here. This is like so send the send the kids to bed. This is well not yet. They send them to bed in a in guess, a few songs. Uh, keep them out. Keep them out. Keep your kids out. <laughs> keep them clustered around the hearth. Yeah, give them and a, the uh, the podcast player. Give them a like a give them an ice cream pop and uh, and and let them hang out for a little bit because some of this is going to be. I mean, you don't want to give them too many ice cream pops. They're going to get that all over themselves, <laughs> and then you have to take them to the bath, and you don't have time for that. You want to listen to this podcast. That's true. That's true. Maybe don't. Maybe just like a, I don't know. Maybe something water based. I don't know. So the. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's it, he's fighting for his right because obviously he's not fighting for his right. It's uh, it's he's fighting for his independence. And I also don't. If we're going to talk about Joe Elliott, you and I, we think Joe Elliott's one of the coolest guys ever, right? I mean, it's not, it's it's really. He's, oh, are you talking to me or the listeners at home? I'm talking to you, and hopefully, oh, yeah. no, I hopefully agree with the, you. Hopefully, the listeners at home. Uh, but I don't want to give any listeners the impression that I think that what makes Joe Elliott cool is that he doesn't want to eat pussy. I mean, I think that's a... Um, I, we should acknowledge we're talking about a different time. This is a, this is a different time in history. There was, a, there was a different president. There was a different pope back then. Yeah, it was just... This album came out in 1981, yeah. which was a crazy yeah, yeah. time. I mean, back then, women were basically just, as soon as they reached womanhood, they were just sold off to the highest bidder, basically. And so uh, so Joe Elliott's coming out of that different kind of time period, uh, and, and he's not as enlightened as we are now. And I don't, I don't at all think it's cool to be selfish in a relationship sexually. I think you should reciprocate. Sure. I think you should reciprocate. Uh, but... but in the context of this album, we have to accept the time that Joe Elliott is in and say, okay, so he's asserting his independence by okay. not wanting to do that one sexual act. He's, he's pretty much up for any of the other ones, as he makes clear on the rest of the album. Yeah, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really glad that uh, your, well, this interpretation has really kind of changed things for me because... There's a there's a line at the end of the first verse that was a little bit troubling for me as a Def Leppard fan, and that was, "So make your move, yeah, make me, and get ready for the big C." <laughs> and for a second, I thought, "Wait a minute, is Def Leppard my favorite band going to tackle an issue like cancer in the first song?" <laughs> That's crazy. But luckily, it sounds like C stands for something a little bit different. The big okay. Uh, it, this is this is controversial. Some people think that it's the big C. Uh, I don't. I personally do not think the line is actually the big C. Um, when I was a kid, and I first heard this album, uh, I thought he said the back seat. Um, okay. And and I'm I'm not. 
I'm not completely uh, sure that that's not right, but uh, more recently, I think I'm settled on the line being get ready for the big scene. Okay. That's what I think it is uh, now. What's he, what kind of a scene are we talking about here? Like a, like a, like a love scene? Yeah, an like, action a, scene? like a love scene. Like this is your big scene. This is your this is your big love scene where you've got to give it your all. That's what he's a, that's what he's asking for from her. Okay, so I like this little level of uh, uh, arguing artist intent as opposed to uh, what 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 kind of information we're given because I don't know about you, but my liner notes say the big C. Yeah, well, that's you. Did you get your lyrics off the internet? Uh, I did, right? Because. Where else am I going to get them? I, I don't know. Uh, there, there really isn't uh, an, did, did, another. There isn't another. Joel, easy, didn't mail you the uh, le- the official the lyrics and a letter lyric sheet. No, uh, and that. But I'm. But there are other lyrics because uh, I have I have the same thing written down here. But there are other lyrics uh, in that same. Uh, I think that basically people just copy and paste these and put them on all the different lyric sites. Anyway, there are obvious... The internet's crazy, folks. Yep, there are obvious uh, incorrect lyrics in the okay. rest of this. So I, I think that the big C is wrong. Um, now, some people might argue that would invalidate the whole purpose of uh, us going uh, through the lyrics of these songs, but you know what? We don't care. Oh, I mean, you you always have to assume that there's going to be something lost in the translation through time and space through uh, the ex- exploration of art. I mean, colors are going to fade on, on great classic paintings. That doesn't make them not worth looking at. That's actually a good point, Alex. So These lyrics are like a beautiful painting found in the Louvre or uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Right. And I think as a, as a, as a um, discerning listener, we can know that he's not saying, ma'am, get down on your knees and get ready to know that you have cancer. I don't think that's what he's saying. That would be crazy. That that's that's doesn't sound. If Joe Elliott normally said stuff like that, like if he was if he was in Rammstein or something, then then I would <laughs> then I would yeah. I would buy that he was saying get ready for the big C. Yeah, that's like Marilyn Manson lyrics there, because nothing's scarier than that. Or if there was another part, or if we, if, or if we took the big C to mean his, his, uh, his, his, uh, his, uh, his, his, uh, his, his, uh, his, 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 his ding dong. If we took it to mean that, then I would expect somewhere else a poet would know, a poet like Joe would know at some point else to to also use an abbreviation for something to let us know that abbreviations are how he's communicating. You know what I mean? He would say like, sure. let me, let me, uh, you know, open up your big M and let's, let's get the, you know, the, the big C going, something like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm obviously not as good a lyricist as he is, but, um, <laughs> so, so or, anyway. or the big C could, uh, could mean like, uh, the ocean. The, <laughs> the domain of the domain of Neptune, the god of the ocean. The tr- the truly big sea, and get yeah, ready like for the Pacific. Yeah, and get ready for, for Atlantic, and get ready for us to create an ocean of uh, love and fluid. I guess I don't know passion. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's listen to the. Um, oh, let's just go to one nineteen. We're gonna go to one nineteen on this puppy, and uh, what I think the listeners will notice is that we are 
we are passed on through the night, not just conceptually, not just uh, in terms of what how how clearly defined what we're talking about is, but we are also musically we're out of the garage. We're like in a studio. This is a polished, uh, structured rock song with all the bells and whistles. It's got like a. Everything is like everything. <laughs> Nothing says rock song like bells and whistles. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, bells and whistles like guitar solos and uh, and breakdowns and things like Why that. Why didn't you say guitar solos and breakdowns then in the first place? I was about to, to say that, Stuart. Okay. Okay. So this song has guitar solos and breakdowns. It does. But also it's just everything's a hook. Like there's all these mm-hmm. different parts and they move very functionally through each other, and there's hooks in all of them. So here we go. 119, we're going to start with the first place where it, um, it's after the first chorus. It, it, it breaks down a bit and then builds back up. So you are always got this dramatic sense, which you didn't get as much on the first album. Here we go. Let it rock, let it roll, yeah, just let it go. Um, there's an interesting line in there where he says, we're one body, it's one way. Which is uh, almost exactly... It's, it's beautiful. Almost exactly the line from a uh, from a Catholic hymn that I used to sing in Catholic school. We're one oh, body. Oh, you went to Catholic school? I did go to Catholic school, yes. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, there's n- there's only one thing to say about that, Stuart. Mm-hmm. How was your uniform? Did you like the short skirt or? Uh, no, no. I hated the. the, the they British. call that a kilt, don't they? Well, I went to I went to a few different schools, a few different Catholic schools. One where the standard, like. In grade school, in in Catholic school, it was like you could wear a white button-down shirt, okay, or button-up shirt, or whatever you call it, uh, and and then navy blue <laughs> pants, and then yep, and then I went to a school where everybody was it, you could either wear that or a white turtleneck. The guys had could could either wear that, you know, the mo- just the most bland thing, or a white turtleneck. Uh, and everybody just opted for the turtleneck because it was uh, a little more comfortable. Uh, so I think, and, uh, and that looks pretty dope if you're wearing your little rosary around, yeah, or your like little little gold gold chain and cross around it. So I think I ran around in navy blue pants and a white turtleneck for like two of my teenage years, which is terrible, terrible to think about. Um, uh, I would imagine teenagers would get all kinds of stains on that. Oh from, yeah, like, yeah. Sloppy Joes and <laughs> yep, French bread, French water. bread pizzas, and yeah, bong water. Uh, who knows what else? Riding around on your on your bike, going to the creek. Uh, yeah, you'll get mud mud spatters. Yep. Um, so anyway, so they're so we're one body. It's one way. So he's kind of saying, "Listen, babe, uh, pleasure here." 
Let, let's not let's not ask any questions. Let's just go where our bodies take us. Let's not. Why don't you just chill out? Let it go. Let let it happen. That's what he's. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's saying. Just relax. Give in to the rhythm of the night. And he's and he's kind of saying. So he's saying, get down on your knees and let me know you're eager to please. Uh, I think that's all. It's all part of like yeah, I mean, he's saying. Like, okay, look, you're you're so into subtext becomes text, basically. You're so into you're so into oral sex. Let's let's go for it. Let's do it. We're one body. It doesn't matter who gets it. You know, he's just deflecting. He's deflecting in all these different ways. Sure, uh, any okay. any request to reciprocate oral sex. He kind of comes off like a jerk. Uh, I don't take it that way. I don't take it that way. I honestly don't. Sure. Uh, how do you I guess th- we're I guess we're not here to judge. I, I guess we're only here to uh, to interpret what's left been left behind for us. There's like a, breadcrumbs. There's a youthful selfishness, certainly. Um, and I, and again, like like I said, historically speaking, like I mean, if you take away the cultural norm of the time, like yeah, he's being. If you put him nowadays, he's pro- he's being a jerk because he would probably know better nowadays. But I don't. I don't think that's what's. I don't think that's what's happening here. I don't think there's. I don't think that he that he's being a jerk as much as he's just. Uh, he's just letting it rock. He's letting it roll. He's so excited. He's so amped up. He just wants what he wants. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it also it, it also looks like Alex. It might be time for us to let this song go. I agree. And move on to track number two on the album. But we've. But it's a strong statement of purpose. Would you agree with that? Stu? Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a banger right out of the gate. Yeah, it absolutely is. There's a, there's just something we are again. We are not in Pete Willis's mom's basement, uh, noodling around with no real purpose anymore. We are driving into it. We are getting to the heart of the issue, and so we are moving on to another hit and run. <laughs> has like three intros. Oh, it mellows out. Does it really, Stuart? Are we really mellowed out? It sounds like it. Sorry, I have to legally. I have to. I have to pause it there. Um, but that is a. I mean, it's like a minute of just just riffage and and lickage right off the bat. Uh, that's all just so heavy and and uh, powerful to me. Another hit and run is a real. The music in this song is just awesome. Well, we're not just here to talk about the music here today, folks. We're here to talk about them lyrics. Yep. So let's uh, crack open that scroll. That you have the lyrics printed off on? Yeah, yeah, that's... Pull them out of a scroll tube. Looks like a magic spell, and you're going to read them. Here, well, let's... So, uh, here, real quick, what, 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 real quick, why don't I, why don't I, why don't I play the, um, the first verse, and, and let's, let's just see what... Okay, 
So those are very uh, kind of curious lyrics. It's Union Jack is back with a hole in his head. He's getting badly burned every time. He's laughing at me and dancing on my sneakers. And his 60s songs are blowing up my speakers. Oh, boy. Am I glad I had this lyric sheet because I had no idea what he was saying. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that I... As a as a young boy listening to this, um, I don't I don't know that I ever knew what he was saying at all. Um, it is very, but there. But, but even if I did know, I don't think I would get what it was about at all. It's um okay. It's a like curious. A young- it's a curious yeah. metaphor, right? Okay, go on. So you're saying this is a song for older men, not little, not young boys. Uh, probably, yeah. Because there's a certain there's a um. There's a level that you know. There's a there's an area of reference that you just that you simply wouldn't get if you were a small child because this is uh, this is a song. Um, well, I'll just cut right to it. This is a song about him not wanting to pay his taxes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that part. Okay. So he, yeah. I mean, so right out of the bat, we we got a we we're, you know, he's he's asserting his own independence in a relationship, and then in this and then in this song, he's asserting his his independence as a member of society by saying union, like basically the verses are all are metaphors for how he thinks that the government is wasting his money and is becoming a, uh, a global laughing stock. So you, um, so like in the second verse, there's a very clear metaphor for the British empire here. He says the bulldog lost his bite and his breath has gone bad. And the whole damn world is really laughing mad. So the British Empire has fallen apart. It has no, uh, you know, it has no bite anymore. And everybody else is just laughing at us. And yet you're still trying to take money from me. He says in the bridge, he says, I say you ain't got no, you got no respect, respect for authority. You're just playing your dirty tricks and then come crying to me. You come crying to me for tax money. Uh, so it's you know you know who else doesn't when get he talks any about respect, respect Alex? there. Sorry, Stuart, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying. He says uh, he says I say you got no respect. You know who else doesn't get any respect, Alex? Um, a guy Rodney named Rodney Dangerfield. A guy, a guy named Jabberjaw. Oh, okay. Now Jabberjaw plays drums in a band under the ocean, and he's a shark. Do you think yeah. that has anything to do with this song? Jabberjaw. Uh, no, I don't. I well, probably. Okay. I was. I just. I, you know. I just threw that out there. I mean, he's a musician. I thought there might be a connection. So you're saying the people, uh, the 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 thing that's not getting respect is the British government, and it's because. Oh no no uh, no, no, no 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 no! It's you got. Go on. I say you got no respect. Now he's not talking about or respect for authority, and he's not talking about the authority of the government. He's talking about authority to natural law. He's talking about the government's obligation to him. Like, the, uh, the government's not realizing that he can pull the plug anytime he wants. That's what he's talking about there. So it's his authority versus the government. It's a very, like, libertarian kind of view, which I don't know what the, course, you know, what libertarianism really corresponds to in 1981 England. I don't know. But that's, yeah. that's definitely what he's expressing here. Oh, but that's uh, eerily, eerily uh, prescient of them. 
to modern uh, modern issues that are yeah. facing us here in the United States of America. And again, so, not something that I think is extremely cool, but I get the spirit behind it, and and it's gonna take that spirit is gonna take him in a uh, in a in a direction over the course of the next few albums where we're all going to come out on the other side, you know, feeling a little better about the world we live in. Okay. So it's almost like he's a young man dealing with young man problems. Yes. But not so young that he doesn't understand a metaphor about the British empire. So does this song have any solos in it, Alex? Or oh any my God. Guitar riffs? Oh my God. Stuart, this song has, uh, this is, all right, we should we should mention we haven't even mentioned Mutt Lang, we haven't even brought up Mutt Lang yet. Is that some kind of a dog cartoon character? Yes, <laughs> Mutt Lang, <laughs> you know from the Sunday Funnies. He's always getting okay. into trouble. Uh, he's always producing great classic uh, rock albums. Um, <laughs> those are his two things. He gets into trouble, and he produces incredible, incredible music. This is a this is a. Do you think Katie Lang named her dog Mutt Lang? I'm sure she did. You know, just have some fun with her dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? I mean, if she didn't, then that's the worst thing I've ever heard about Katie Lang. It's a mistake. Uh, so, so, so Mutt Lang uh, is on the scene. Mutt Lang heard on through the night, and he said, "That band, I got to work with that band. They're going to take. Mm-hmm. They, they need some polish. They need some bells and some whistles." That, yep. That's how he talks. He uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to work with them. I'm going to take the expertise I brought to ACDC's uh, um, Highway to Hell and Back in Black. I'm going to take that expertise and I'm going to apply it to High and Dry, uh, the mm-hmm. album that they that they want to make. Uh, and and you can hear it absolutely in some of the. Uh, in, in both the production level has gone up just exponentially, but also the structure of these songs is so effective. And there's a great uh, solo slash breakdown slash, you know, return to chorus thing at the end of this that is just unbelievable, Stuart. Let's go to 228. I think this is going to put us right in the heart of it. Right in the meat of the sandwich. No, 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 no. I actually want to go to 242. Sorry, Stuart. Oh, that's the uh, the pickles on that sandwich. Yep, yep. Here we go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we had back-to-back dueling solos there. Uh, that that became a you know sort of a, a classic a trademark. That right? became yeah, that's a trademark move for Def Leppard going going down the road is the is the idea that you'd have two two solos back-to-back by both of their by the by the two lead guitarists. So mm-hmm. um, which are which is still Pete it's Willis still still and... Pete Willis and Steve Clark at this point. Um, all right, let's go to the uh, to the breakdown. 
which is just in a few seconds here. This is one of those bells and whistles you were talking about, right? Yeah. Well, this is it's mood, really. It's uh, it's it's just okay. a. There's just a groove, and it everything falls away in a way that uh, that really, that you wouldn't, you kind of wouldn't create this atmosphere, the, of this breakdown until you got into the studio and until you learned sort of production techniques. So here we go, three forty one. Oh my God, Alex! I would imagine that's the point where the crowd is like, you know, like lowering themselves, like, like get a little louder now, get a little softer now, <laughs> like lowering themselves, like they're at a uh, at a at a wedding. Like they're at a and wedding and they're doing Tears for Fears song shout. Yep, and they lower themselves, and then all of a sudden everybody <laughs> jumps up and starts going crazy. Yeah. Yep, that's what's happening at the Def Leppard concert, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a great analogy. You just you just pulled out. Uh, yeah. on your on your own now there there's a little uh there's a little thing in there where uh you hear you hear a little voice and i don't know if it's even loud enough to come through when people listen to this on the podcast but if you listen to the song on the album track and you turn it way up right when that little breakdown when it foot when he goes and you hit me when i'm down and then it oh, um, wow, that sounded great <laughs> thank you uh and it and everything stops that you hear this guy in the background going busted 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 wow is that is that like a ghost of a grip who is or like a sound tech who uh spoke his ghostly voice onto the track somehow it could be a ghost the official story of De- mm-hmm. fr- from Def Leppard is that the government thought them saying busted was just a step too far and wanted to censor it so they took the busted line out, and then they just whispered it in that little breakdown section. Yeah, because if you whisper it, it's fine. Yeah, so they would, so that the censors wouldn't hear it. Yeah. That's why they did that. Uh, do you have anything else to say about hit and run? No, I think we've been hit, and it's time for us to run to the next track. I gotta say, I've, my, my appreciation for that song I, has grown just tenfold over the, over the recent years. Uh, um, I mean, I, I got to say the the sort of anti the, the anti social like anti tax nature of it always kind of yeah, turned me off a little bit. Content, yeah. But then also, but then also, just that ain't got no respect. I never really loved that that line very much. Uh, you ain't got no respect. It's kind of like my it, it's it's sort of one of the awkward lines from this whole album, but. The song is so good, and that, and the, and the hit and run, hit and run. Let's hear the last moment of that song, actually, because it, it echoes out. It just sounds so gnarly and fucking sweet. Here we go. Well, 
Listen to that echo. Oh my god. Just just incredible. Okay. So if you're so not we're a fan, only two tracks into this motherfucker. If you're not a fan by now business. If you're not a fan by now, what the hell is wrong with you? Is what I have to say. But that your status as a not a fan is not gonna last very long because we're about to get to the title track of this album. Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's, it's a little, it's reminiscent of ACDC in a, in a, in a few ways in that it's, it, you know, in that it comes in real stripped down and that he's just kind of sauntering, sauntering into it. Yeah. You can imagine the guitarist playing that guitar lick and just kind of like boogieing around the stage while the audience is going crazy. Yeah. And you could just, you could just vamp on it for a while and then he, and then he walks out and he says, Saturday, I feel right. I've been drinking all day. Yes, I got a date. A midnight ride. A midnight ride. I had to get it away. Yeah, I'm not alone. Okay, so when, when, and then the bass line kicks in and then it goes, I'm not a loner. I'm not a fool. Don't need a reason. Reason to be cool. I got my whiskey. I got my wine. I got my woman. And this time, the lights are going out. So guess what's going on tonight, Stuart? This time, what? the lights are going out. That sounds like a great night. Whiskey, wine, woman, a midnight ride. The light that sounds super fun. The lights going out. Do you know what? Do you know what? What I'm saying there, Stuart? The lights are going out. Uh, is it some kind of a double entendre? Uh, it might be a single entendre, actually. Okay. He's he's gonna get he's gonna have sex tonight. Joelle oh. is gonna have sex. Possibly for the first time. I don't know because it it says this time the lights are going out. Like like she's like she's left before you know 10 p.m. or something the other nights. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So she's gonna sleep over. Yeah. This time. This time the lights are going out. Okay, that's nice. That's a nice. That's a nice Saturday because this is the title track, high and dry, and then it's Saturday night in parentheses. Yeah. As if you're like, oh yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, let's hear that. Um, let's hear that chorus. Actually, so I love his voice. Has that like scratchy quality? It's like they caught him on a you know with a hangover or something. Uh, he's like, ah, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, like, he, <laughs> yep, like he's a leprechaun. <laughs> well, and he also, I, I, one thing I've always loved is when he goes, when he goes, sat, the first time before he says hi and dry, he goes, Saturday night, and he goes, hi, <laughs> like, <laughs> like everybody's partying and like Joe, he's greeting you, yeah, or yeah, what? exactly, like he's greeting you, like Joe Elliott walks into the room and he, and they're like, Saturday night, and he goes, hi, <laughs> and I just, I just love the way, I love his, uh, delivery on this song because it's very there was this brief moment 
where he was just trying to be as like as gnarled gnarled voiced like uh like ah, kind of bon scotty as any as anybody before he's you know in in later albums he kind of sings he soars a little bit more with his voice yeah, but there's he, a real he flies up into heaven with all the other angels there's a real gross drunk punk quality to this song um the big question i'm going to pose this to you Stuart. this okay, question I'll try to answer it. the question that everyone asks when they first hear high and dry uh is what does dry mean in this context uh i would probably say that uh dry means that he's drinking uh he's drinking something that is a little bit uh tart or uh <laughs> bitter as opposed to sweet okay like uh like a dry like a dry riesling or maybe uh <laughs> like a dry martini okay All a right. dry martini meaning a martini that has less dry vermouth as opposed to more dry vermouth is which is what you would expect it to be so so he's high but he's still oh yeah but he's but he's still got a, a refined palate and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to waste any of his uh, any of the beats he wants a dry yeah, he, he wants a crisp finish even though he's high yeah, he, he doesn't want to drink some fucking dessert wine or something that's crazy <laughs> like he's yeah that's that's bonkers um, and he wants everybody to know that he has exceptional tastes that's good. I li- I like that a lot. I I have um I have agonized uh, a great deal over what what he means by dry in this I'm song. I'm glad I could clear that up. I thank mean, you, you. Thank know, you for I, clearing it up. Because I mean that's part of being really good friends is that sometimes, you know, I help you through the tough times in your life. Because dry obviously is not thirsty. It doesn't mean he's not uh it it does not he's mean not like a He's not in a desert or something. That's crazy. It doesn't mean his wiener is dry because the lights are going out. It doesn't mean uh, it, uh, it doesn't mean he's in a dry county uh, where they don't serve alcohol because he's got plenty of alcohol. But and he's in England. I don't think they make those. Oh, that's yeah, that's probably true. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean uh, a straightforward delivery of a joke uh, that without without any kind of um, uh, a matter of fact approach to a joke. Uh, it, sure, sure. <laughs> high and dry, and the closest I could get, personally, to figuring out what that meant, is okay. So you're gonna tell me what you're the wrong thing that you imagined this lyric meant? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, okay, I'm gonna tell you where I where I have been with it myself. Before I heard that he's talking about a dry vermouth or a re, or or a nice crisp riesling. Before I heard that. I thought that this song had a um, had a uh, an underlying uh, Noah's Ark reference going on in it, where he's and not Noah's Ark literally. He's not on Noah's Ark, but he's he's high and dry in the sense that he is above it all. He's coasting on his ark through this world that he doesn't. Um, but that he doesn't love and that he doesn't understand. Uh, again, you know, he, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to commit to relationships. He doesn't want to pay taxes. He doesn't want to be part of the social system. He sees that as a flood, and he's high and dry and staying out of that flood by being on his ark. And he's got a midnight ride, and he's got his woman coming over, and they're finally gonna do it. That's hey, Alex. When you were in uh, Catholic school, did they teach you how to make an ark? 
Like, was that one of the classes, you mean? Yeah, 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 like Arc Building 101. It seems like that should be, right? I mean, it seems like every... It seems like every... It seems like a valuable skill to have. Every Christian person, or I guess even, I should I should say, every uh, Christian or every, every Judeo-Christian devout person growing mm-hmm. up should learn that skill because that's clearly yeah, a skill that the, that the Bible values. And also how to get out of a whale, maybe. Uh, I don't, uh, is that a Pinocchio reference? No, the, no, that happens to, um, uh, what's his name? Geppetto? <laughs> it happens to somebody in the Bible. Uh, and I can't, I can't remember. It's not, it's not Job. It's somebody, uh, somebody in the Bible gets swallowed by a, maybe it's Joseph from the, t- the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Joseph. Maybe he gets sure. swallowed by a whale. I guess uh, I guess listeners can write in and clarify all this information, or we can just Wikipedia it after the uh, after the show. I I'm sure I'll figure it out. So we we know what this song is not about, it, but we do know what it's also totally about. <laughs> Meaning, it's one thing you can say about it uh, is that we both know what it isn't about and what it is about, which is Saturday night being high and dry. Yep. Do you want to hear uh, a really awesome solo in this song? This, I I don't know who... Do we have enough time, Alex? Do we have enough time for this awesome solo? I, I think we do, yeah. Of course we do. Let's do yeah. it. Um, here we go. This solo fucking rule. It's just, it's, I don't know what it is. It's like he's dancing all over the fretboard. It's got so much attitude, so much style. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's lyrical. And it also just reflects the, you know, it reflects the swagger of the song. That's a great fucking solo. Yeah. And I think that's, that might be the first time that uh, lead singer Joe Elliott actually calls out his guitarist to like play a solo. Yeah. Is that something he does in later songs when he's like, take me high? Yeah. Come on, Steve, kick it. Yeah, he does that. Um, and yeah, take me high. That's what they do yeah. right there. Okay, so high and dry Saturday night. Let's uh, let's close the door, turn the key, and move on to the next song, which is the breakout hit of this uh, this album. Bring in on the heartbreak, song number four. Oh man. Just the mood right there, the mood in this song. Oh, it just just kills me. That um, this this might be my. I mean, I, I I'm kind of I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm just gonna say it. this might be my favorite Def Leppard song of all time. This is I just it's really great. I just completely fucking love. I love the way this song. If I could walk into a room that was this song, 
the mood of it is just exactly right for me. And I love the the two guitar lead and the that that like melodic intro is so beautiful. Bring it on yeah, the it's, heartbreak. It's really great. It uh although I don't know if I can even say it's my favorite song on the album. We'll we'll talk about that more when we talk about side B. Sure. Uh but uh yeah, so let's uh let's crack open this uh lyric lyric sheet. Uh, what's this song all about, Alex? Bringing on the heartbreak seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. He is uh, Joe Elliott is singing, uh, is singing literally to a vagina in this song. He's looking. He's looking at a vagina, and he's he's singing to it. Uh, it's it's sort of in the moment when, say, his lover might want him to be going down on it on her and in, and instead he has this sort of magical moment where he goes into song as in a musical and sings and 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 says says to all of these lines are he's he's describing uh the beautiful mysterious but you know fragile beauty of the, of a woman's of the parts. of the lady parts so he says gypsy sitting looking pretty broken rose with laughing eyes Oh, I've seen one of those before. Yep, yep. You're a mystery? Yep. Always running wild? Sure. Like a child without a home? Mm-hmm. You're always searching, searching for a feeling. We know that's true. It's easy come and easy go. So it's hard to understand the the sort of pleasure mysteries, you know, of the, the vagina. Of the lady parts, yeah. So, uh, and again, this, so this might be when you start thinking about whether or not you want to let your kid listen to the, to the rest of this. Cause, cause. This okay. So let's, let's take a pause kids. It was really great for you to hang out, but it's time for you to go to bed. Uh, Alex, should we sing a lullaby or I guess the parents can just do that. So, uh, probably take him out back, hose him off, hose all that, uh, the ice cream that you fed him. Take him out hose back, him off. hold him, hose, hold him off, hose him off. Okay, so uh, the kids are in bed. Let's get back to this song, Alex. So, what were you talking about? You're talking about uh, well, it's a, about a song where you're singing into a vagina. It's very Shakespearean, isn't it? It's uh, like you know, Shakespeare has these moments where he'll take a metaphor, like in his sonnets and stuff. He'll take a metaphor and he'll just sort of top it. He'll just keep topping it. So, like all of these lines are all just little metaphors. Joe Elliott is is singing about the mystery and how much he wants to to please and to be with, um, uh, you know, you know, uh, the, the and be with a woman sexually, but doesn't want to go down on her. Just doesn't want to do that. So he's um. So he's saying, "I'm." Oh, so-, so he uses like cleverly cloaked words, like in uh, like when the audience would go see something like Othello, and somebody would say, "The Beast with Two Backs," and most of the people would be like. Oh, I don't know what that means, but a couple of people would be like, "Oh, I know what that means." Well, or and the the example that jumps right out into my mind is a uh, much ado about nothing. You know that that play mm-hmm. famously uh, nothing. You know, it's kind of a it's a sex comedy of the time, and that play uh, that that word nothing was a word that people used uh for for a woman's vagina that's what like that's what they called a woman's kujums back then was uh, oh, was okay. was nothing so like the audience would go knowing it basically essentially it's like shakespeare titled the play much ado about about kujums so the um 
So I'm sorry, but it's true. Oh, so it's kind of like Greece. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like Greece. When everybody goes to Greece, knowing they're actually going to see, <laughs> <laughs> knowing, <laughs> knowing they're actually seeing like a like a like a porno acted out without any of the sex scenes. That's that's what they. Oh, I thought you were talking about the country Greece. <laughs> Well, it's like when people go to the country of Greece and they acknowledge that they're basically seeing, uh, they're going to a place that's a porno with the sex scenes taken out of it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, so, the, so cor- uh, the chorus of this... Give me that sweet chorus, Alex. Again, he's saying to the vagina, I'm sorry, but it's true. You're bringing on the heartache. You're bringing on the heartbreak. You're taking all the best of me. So he's, he's struggling with his addiction here to, uh, to, to ladies, basically. Here we go. like he's on trial or something like he's defending himself you know what i mean yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean alex like he's on trial and the judge is gonna throw the book at him again i'm a little uncomfortable i gotta say with uh okay i mean no one's no one's more i mean this is a this is a safe space alex you can you don't have to be i mean i kind of feel like i mean nobody's more disappointed listeners than me that i that i have to talk about um you know, lady bits this much. Uh, and no one's more uncomfortable than me than I have to talk about this. Yeah, you've gotten visibly more uncomfortable with it the more we uh, talked about it. Yeah, this uh, that th- I have to talk about my idol being uncomfortable with female sexuality. I don't I don't love that. I don't totally love that. So I'm sorry, but it's the but it's the truth. It's it's what this song's about. Um, you're such a secret. Misty-eyed and shady lady, how you hold the key. Oh. Wait, what does that mean? They hold the key? How you hold the key, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think I know what you mean. Uh... You're like a candle, your flame slowly fading, burning out and burning me. It's it's deep. It's deep stuff, dude. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so that's I mean that's that's basically the the gist that's of it. That's the song in a nutshell, dude. That this that is totally the song in a nutshell. I don't know if there's a I mean we could go to the we could go to the beautiful beautiful romantic solo. Uh but basically we're this is a tortured man uh who's struggling with his uh with with connecting in a relationship but also feeling like he wants to represent himself. And you know what? Honestly, we've all been there. We've all We've all stood at that, uh, you know, we've all been on trial against someone else's genitals at some point, right? Haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I mean, every day, yeah. Every day, dude. Let's hear the solo.
Okay. Um, so, Stuart, you got anything else to say about bringing on the heartbreak? No, I think uh, I think we should take a moment and say yes. Bringing on the heartbreak is probably the that's this is the song that's like the moment where, like, you can see the rest of Def Leppard's great hits that are still to come. Oh yeah, yeah. In in this song, this is like they just nailed they just nailed it. They just nailed yeah. it with this song, and it's a song that you know I can I I I feel such a. Um, I mean, even if if you don't want to get into the graphic, uh, you know, sexual nature of the explicit background to this, like it, it still is a song that totally works on an emotional level. It's really beautiful. Uh, it, it's got gorgeous guitar parts and that solo. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a relatable tune, uh, whether or not you agree with the what the what the story is behind it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to track number five, the last track of this album. Of side let me pull A. Up the lyrics. Yeah, let me uh, let me look, pull up the lyrics here. Yep. Huh. It says uh, it says instrumental. Oh, although there are there are three lines of lyrics. It says okay. Uh, the the lyrics are oh oh whoa, oh oh whoa, and oh oh whoa. Those are the three lines of this song. It's called Switch 625. Let's hear it. important thing to to mention uh if you're just yeah. if this is how you're if this is how you're first experiencing if you're just tuning in right now if this is how you're experiencing these songs an important thing to mention here is that that song uh it it the it comes right out it's as if it's connected to bringing on the heartbreak i should say so like uh so bring it on the heartbreak well, kind of like an extended outro exactly yeah it's it's almost it's almost like it's the last part of that of that song um and it lasts three minutes of the song yeah it's a rockin final three minutes to bring Let's it on the edit it out for for radio play basically yeah basically that makes more sense to me than having a three minute song at the end of side a where you don't use joe elliott and his voice straight from the heavens well i i'll say Stuart, the the reason we're not using joe elliott here uh is yeah. b- is because coming out of bringing on the heartbreak he's a little predisposed doing something else oh really okay yeah so it's yeah it's like a literal so he's so he's a been day on, in the life of he's been on trial he's been he had that moment that musical moment where he uh where he stared into his lover's uh crotch abyss and then um and then he and now he's having a moment where everybody else plays something and acts out this musical sexual act that joe elliott is doing which is switch switch six two five um, What's the 625 uh, in reference to? Switch 625. If you get Joe Elliott's uh, sex book, the book that he made of uh, uh, the, where, uh, sexual instruction manual, 
Joe Elliott's book. Oh, okay. Is that a like a chat book or more of like a like a like a field manual? It's a lot like a field manual. It re- it reads okay. more like a field manual. But if you look, if a lot you, of a lot of diagrams. It very much, very much. And if you go into the into the index of it and you look up Switch to Five, you'll 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 find where he describes it. Uh, it's basically a it's a it's a style of uh, finger blasting that Joe Elliott oh, okay. that Joe Elliott was into, and it's and you know. It was basically his his out in these situations where he was with a woman who wanted him to go down on her. He just had this really kind of elaborate uh, hand move that he would use that stimulates both the G spot and the clitoris. And that way he didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to get oral about it. You know what I mean? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, the kids are still in bed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids are, uh, I, I the totally kids are host off. They're out. wet. That They're in bed. That sounds great. Uh, I think I'm going to have to check out his sex book. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize it was that informative. Yeah, I don't know if it's copyrighted. I don't know if I can talk about what specifically happens, but you're basically using your middle to... Fi- well, I should probably, shouldn't, probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But pick up, yeah, pick up Joe Elliott's uh, Field Guide to Sexual Maneuvers. Yeah, go and- to Amazon.com, our sponsor for this episode, and uh, they'll, uh, they'll just search out. Just call them up, and they'll uh, get you that book. So, so basically what we have here, um, well, no, actually, before I say that, let's, okay. let's, let's get to, so we're, we're, we're doing a musical representation of a sexual act and we, and that of course, sexual acts have climaxes and we should oh, hear, Oh, I know what you're getting at. We should hear the 149. We should hear the triumphant guitar solo that occurs there. This is when he, Joe Elliott, clearly satisfies his lady. So, you know, all you haters out there who think the guy isn't cool because he doesn't eat pussy, they, this is, this is, listen to this. This is someone being satisfied. Okay. That sounds like pure magic to me, Alex. That clearly is a moment of sexual ecstasy that few people probably get to achieve in their lifetime. I like when the uh, guitar player is walking his little fingers up and down that little guitar uh, <laughs> guitar board, making them sounds. <laughs> I love that, too. I love that, too. So essentially what we have here at the end of side A is uh, we've, we've had Joe capitulating in a sense to his lover's demands. Uh, but he still doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't go downtown the proper way. So he still maintains a little bit of his freedom. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is, this has been really informative. It's kind of clearing, clearing the mists that had shrouded this album, uh, for me for years. I thought it was just about rock and roll and like partying, but it seems like there's so much more to it, Alex. Thanks. You're welcome, Stuart. you know what? You know, there's something else that I was thinking about is, uh, so the band's called Def Leppard. Yep. 
but uh, I did a little bit of research on Wikipedia. Oh, and it looks like they spell wow. their. I'm they impressed. Spell their, they spell their name, uh, but they spell deaf wrong, and leopard is spelled wrong. You don't spell deaf normally. D E A F. What's going on, Alex? Uh. Okay, well, Stuart, we did we did talk about this in an earlier episode for for one. Uh, oh wow! Okay, two. Uh, you say wrong. They spell it wrong. I want to. Um, I, I kind of want to take that. Just take umbrage with that. Okay. Yeah. I, let's let's just take. Let's not call it wrong. I mean, it's not wrong to when you're possessing a word or a name. There's not a wrong way to spell it. Um, I guess you're right, but yeah, the the no the the reason it's the reason it's Def Leppard D E F is because they it's actually a phrase taken from the uh, from from ancient uh, a, a, the ancient Greek uh, for it all uh, goes back to Greece, you know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the, and and it, this uh, it was what uh, uh, Apollo said when he was brought his guitar on a giant space truck. He said. Oh. Oh yeah, that makes sense. He said Def Leopard. And it uh and it and means his, and his sister Artemis looked around and was like, There's a leopard for me to hunt because I'm the goddess of the hunt, and he's like, No, no, no. I just came up with a dope name for a band. No, I mean it uh, they weren't speaking English, obviously. So he wasn't so it wouldn't it wouldn't sound like deaf it wouldn't sound like a hard of hearing cat to them. Def Leppard. Oh, okay. Def Leppard is uh, some kind of uh, mythologically, uh, or or if you be- or if you believe in it, uh, it's a it's it's it was a way of saying thank you, but like a cosmic sort of thank you, a thank you that okay. has a thank you that has a promise of of, of growth to it, uh, like a pr- like a prophecy almost, like it will be fulfilled one day far in the future, by by some people from Sheffield. By five lads, uh, Sheff- Sheffield, England. Five lads from Sheffield, England. Yeah, yeah. So Def Leppard essentially means Def Leppard means in 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 the language of the gods, Def Leppard means thank you for Def Leppard. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for clearing that up, Alex. That had been keeping me up at night uh, the past <laughs> couple nights since I figured that out, and I was burning in my britches. Yeah. To let to let you know what I'd found, but luckily you cleared it up, and in fact you cleared it up to me. I guess episodes ago when I just forgotten. Yeah, uh, it's all right. Well, you were pretty drunk. Yeah, and speaking of which, I think I think we might be getting a little bit tired. It might be time to to curl up in our little leopard's den, our little leopard lair. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and and go to sleep. Okay. Because the next time we're going to be coming back to talk about side B mm-hmm. of high and dry. Def oh man! Second album. Some great stuff happens on that. I can't wait to talk about it. Now, uh, I, as I said before, I've been Stuart Wellington. You can also find me on the Flophouse podcast, where I talk about bad movies, and you can find me on the internet at Flophousecat. Alex. Uh, well, my name is Alex Smith. I'm uh, the chief hysterian here at uh, Till Death Do Us Party. You can find me on a single episode of the flop house uh like a, a couple years ago four four years ago just one four years ago um and then also i have a band called lydia burrell and i have a a, a series of youtube videos under the name of howl Dotty. 
and then um, that's it. That's it for me. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.